Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast about Christians living a Christian life in a very unchristian world. On tonight's episode, we talk about grace and forgiveness, not how we get it, but how we have to give it, with our special guest, Mark Fields. Welcome to Spiritual Debriefing. I am Daniel Meadows. With me is... I am Randy. Hi, Randy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm Jed. <laughs> Hi, Jed. And we got... Go ahead, Mark. I am Mark Fields. Yep. Glad you're with us, Mark. Hello. We had Mark's better half on the last podcast, or the two podcasts ago. Two podcasts ago. ago. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here on the last one. Sorry. Big we missed you. Feel. Yeah. Missed you, buddy. All right. Thanks. It's Derek. <laughs> Had the least amount of listens of any of them so far, so that must have been why. Huh. It's oh, weird. That is weird. It is weird. Well, anyway, did you introduce yourself? I did. I said did. Derek. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that counts. Hi, Derek. All right. Sorry we all didn't follow. Hi, Derek. Right. So, yeah. I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. So. Well, I was like, then, you know what? I'm going to look at it right now. Just, just send it on over. It's all right. It's we all should right. do the hee-haw. well and as as always i'm over here uh ray on the board trying to make everybody sound good so if it sounds terrible uh you know you know who to blame you can send me an email at ray at spiritual debriefing or if you have questions comments or would like to know more about or anything like that like to help us out support us but also please like subscribe share the podcast with your friends and family anybody you think could hear uh god's word and could learn something or, or gain something from it so without further ado though i think we can get this show on the road mm-hmm. absolutely go ahead Derek. okay <laughs> <laughs> no like me and me and mark has been talking about this for a little while um about bringing him in uh about talking about grace and forgiveness and I believe that you're very passionate about that, Mark, and um, and so I'm glad that you're here. I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it very much, yeah. and to really get it out there and and be having a passionate person to talk about the grace and forgiveness. So, um, yeah, that's important. It know? is. It's very important. And I think even you said too that sometimes it, we almost fail at that yeah. as Christians. Well, I think it's. Um, when you say passionate about it, for me, it's like um, I always, and you know, when I get a chance to speak, or you all have heard me say it from the piano on Sunday morning, but, um, and not that we're all not this way, but for me personally, I have never gotten over getting saved, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it will be, I got saved May 4th, 2004, and I remember like it was yesterday, and course you know really really quick so my salvation experience was just like anybody that I mean I heard the gospel uh, I responded to the gospel I received Christ as as Lord and Savior but the next thing that happened that I thought was normal and you know it really isn't if we were to have a podcast to talk about that which is just what uh, Daniel preached about a couple weeks ago was the Great Commission mm-hmm. I got saved I was immediately baptized and I was immediately put in, you know, into church under, you know, in mm-hmm. the discipleship. It mm-hmm. was, you know, and I thought that was normal. You know what I mean? Which I'm not saying it's not for the most po- point. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, 
you know, that can take a while, you know, to get plugged into a church or get mm-hmm. plugged into a small yep. group or plugged yep. into a Bible study. So once when I when I say I'm passionate about grace and forgiveness, I just I always think about my salvation experience about when I received grace. And, you know, when I was forgiven, that's why it's mm-hmm. I'm passionate mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, I, I almost feel too like for some of us that got brought up in church as a kid, um, you know, getting saved and getting baptized. And I don't think we were, you know, like you said, that you were put into like a discipleship on almost a training where a lot of us is there's Sunday school and here's church and this is what we do. And we're just traditionally doing things. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that's why I almost feel that, you know, sometimes we kind of miss out on that. <clears throat> you know, I know I'm glad you brought that up because it's just, just kind of sparked in me that you know we've had these many talks too before you know a lot of you guys knew that I, you know i worked for mark at the cabinet shop and um sometimes we sit down and have discussions and which are awesome you know you learn a lot and um and so that's almost i i don't know that's how i felt that that, that that's how my christian life was as well you know i'm glad that you know you almost said that when you got into that discipleship program you thought that was a normal thing that christians did when they got saved yeah which and it should and it, it should, should be because it's, it's it, biblical but it's it supposed to be you know and i think a lot of that is because sometimes you know we are sitting there trying to minister the gospel to red and yellow black and white to everybody every, mm-hmm. every age you know from from kids to young adults to it doesn't matter you know what i mean but sometimes what happens in churches i've seen it you know and, and use vacation bible school as an example which is you know you sometimes you get the kids and you can get them to come to jesus sometimes you get the mothers and if you get the moms you'll get the kids for me i've always been passed out if you get the dad mm-hmm. then you get them all if you yep. get dad you'll get mama and you'll get the kids yep that's all statistics. Yeah, show that. Show that out. Yeah. Yep, it's something like close to ninety percent. If you yeah. get the the father, the dad, to join church and commit, ninety four percent, the rest of the family comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the where if it's just the wife, I think it drops down to about sixty to that that the dad will come along because the wife's going. Yeah, so. and then if it's just the kids, it's great that we can minister to the kids. You know, that's awesome. But yep. they're still at the helm of their parents where the you know gonna be there not gonna be there mm-hmm. you know you know so sometimes it's hit and miss yep. you know and if it's hit and miss it's hard to disciple on a week-to-week basis especially yep. if you're teaching a lesson or teaching a, a class and you're moving through you know a through z and you only mm-hmm. get them a j and you know you said i'm saying yeah yep. exactly so yep but yeah the grace and forgiveness part for me and i remember the the night that i got saved it was at a revival in bittenville and <clears throat> they did the invitation at the end of the service and no one moved no no one moved like like usual <laughs> yeah yeah and i remember my, my well before so my would have been not my pastor then but got up there and said there's you know god's not done work god's not done here tonight you know what i mean and he basically like there's no way that god would bring this many people into this place his word because it says that it does not return void 
and then hear that kind of message and and nothing it, it sometimes that biblically makes no sense which means you've got a lot of people that may be stiff arming the holy spirit right mm-hmm. you know and he got up and read this verse i'm going to read to you and this is you like talking about grace and forgiveness he's uh, ephesians 2 uh, verses 8 and 9 says for by grace have you been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast and when he read that he talked about being a good dad or being a good person or doing good deeds or even not even doing anything bad or wrong wasn't going to get me to heaven because Mm -hmm. at that time at 32 i was pinning that on when i walked an aisle i said a prayer and i was baptized yep but my life never changed so i was not saved you know what i mean It, it was out of order yep so and i remember just standing up after an invitation and just yelling i mean literally yelling that's me Mm. you know and i got saved that night and then between then and the next night uh, that was the last night of the revival because i only went one night i think happened to be the one night you went yeah i mean i wasn't saved so it wasn't important right um there were like 27 people who made decisions, professions of faith after Lord moved me. Mm. It was it was it was awesome. That's got to be real cool, real yeah. powerful. Yeah. You know, See too. You know, but I, but those verses when it talks about for by grace have you been saved through faith, not of not of yourselves, which is that's the one Derek mentioned earlier about. Sometimes we don't do it very well because this is what we teach as a denomination, as a Southern Baptist, as a Bible-believing church. We preach Christ crucified. We preach grace. We preach the death, burial, resurrection. Mm -hmm. But I think, like what Derek said, is sometimes as believers, our actions say differently after this has happened. And that's why it's important to me. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 true, and it's the part that you see a lot of people um, who I think have an have a hard time understanding or even joining Christianity because they they see the the actions they see the actions of people they know as Christians, right? And it doesn't it doesn't connect it does they they think hypocrisy they think oh it doesn't mean anything or there's nothing important there because yeah. they're clearly doing the same thing they did when when i knew them in their previous life they don't have that true conversion that true understanding that it's not oh i said the thing i yeah. got i got dunked in the water i'm good now they That's, they they pin what we do based on what they see so they're pinning church or religion or whatever they would call Mm -hmm. it on what they see us do or don't do Mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of what grace is it's about what he did right and not what i can do but 
a, 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 a thing that we do wrong as Christians sometimes, and you know, I'm as guilty at as, as anybody is, we keep expecting the world to act any different than the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. And you know, and if we would, and I'm not saying well, you just, eh, well, don't worry about it. I'm just saying, if they've not received grace and been saved through faith, then it's not going to make sense. Yep. It is going to be works based or something you do or don't do because that's because that's what the, that's what we are taught from birth. Mm-hmm. You know, we we live on a scale basis. I mean, you do good at work, you get a promotion. You do bad, you don't. You clean your room, you get a cookie. You don't, you get a spanking. I mean, it's all scales. Everything Randy's that we like, do. like, where's the cookies? <laughs> but, you know, that's Randy the mentality that, that we have as a society is a scale-based uh-huh. deal. Yep. And it's merit-based. Yes, merit-based, exactly. Yep. And that's what separates Christianity apart from everything else out there is its grace yep. through faith. You know, and the definition of grace is what? Anybody? It's getting what you don't deserve. Yep. It's it's God's gift to us. It's unmerited gift yep. to us. Yep. It's you know we can't attain it. We can't achieve it. We can't buy it. We can't. It is just. It's. Yep. I just the his other day, favor towards us. I heard it put out well because it was somebody was you know taught, reading some verses and they had grace and mercy listed in it. Yeah. He's like you know the difference between grace and mercy is grace is not getting. Or getting what you don't deserve, and yep. mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So and we need both. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So if if we've if we've received grace, and we've been saved through it, and we understand what it is, that's what Derek and I have talked about several times. About we are sometimes the worst at extending grace mm-hmm. towards our other brothers and sisters of Christ. Sometimes we treat the lost better than we treat our own, which is ridiculous, honestly. You know, the Bible says that they will know that you are mine because of your what? Your love for one another. And sometimes we don't do that because we have... More we're on the we're, we're on the news every night, you know what I mean? We're <laughs> mm-hmm. on the news every night, and then basically a lost world will pin anything on that to church in general Mm -hmm. whether it's any other denomination or if it's false doctrine or if it's a cult or whatever it's still it's religion to them does that make sense but we get thrown under the bus for that sometimes but you know if we've received grace i think we as individuals could do a better job at it at extending grace towards one another right and that's where i when i when derek said he, what I said, I think we fail at it. I think we that's where we fail at it. We fail at it because we are the we want all the grace we can get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't extend it as well as we should. Yep. That's why the divorce rate inside the church is the same as it is outside the church. You know what I mean? Well, that's yeah. why they're go ahead. Why do you think we don't extend it as well? Because we're selfish. Mm hmm. Yeah, and we want we want something in return for that hurt. Right. Yeah. We've been hurt. Mm-hmm. We've been wronged, or we see something that we take offense to, and we just have such a hard time letting it go. Right. Emotionally, exactly. we can't forget it. I'm not saying forget it because you do need to convict. You do need to to 
approach someone and talk to them about an issue if there is one. But if you approach them before you've let it go, you're probably going to fail because you're going to come at them with, with anger, with disappointment, with, with not grace. You will not have grace when you approach them. And that is what a ton of people who unfortunately end up leaving the church from the stories I've seen and heard is because someone did not extend them grace or they didn't extend grace to someone else in a situation that happened. And the reason it happens is because uh, there's this false thought process that we have out there, which is that if we uh, extend it or give it, then, or on a, like you said, if, if, if you've been wronged by forgiving somebody or being graceful back towards, then there's this idea that because you did that, you condoned it. Yep. You know, and that's just, that's not it. You know what I mean? That's like, well, if you let them off, you're saying that what they did is okay. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. No. Right. But that's, that's why we don't, because we think that if we, if we've been wronged and we don't want to, you know, forgive, or we don't want to extend grace, we're basically telling everybody else that you let them get away with it or you condoned it. You're saying it's okay. And that's just not true at all. And that's not what grace is. Right. God didn't extend grace to us because anything we did or didn't do, you know, and then when we start doing it different than that, then Mm -hmm. it's not grace. That's just, I'm choosing to do right or do wrong. I'm just choosing to. You're trying to check boxes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's like saying, sorry, you don't mean it. I don't mean it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, the Bible says in the Old Testament, it goes, I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to quit. Yep. Repentance. There's you know a what difference mean? between yeah, sorry exa- and repentance. Yes. Yeah. You know, the same thing, you know, but grace, you know, we need extending grace to one another, especially brothers and sisters of Christ, which is you're extending something to them that they don't deserve either. Yep. You yep. know, so if you understand what grace you receive through Christ, think of it the same way that you extend it to them it was actually one of the um one of the verses too that let's see where was it um well and it, it comes down to it's mentioned multiple times because you know some of the verses that that you said you're interested in highlighting you know in, in in ephesians if you back up just a little bit it's you have to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you those are all things that come up from not extending grace to somebody Right. Those are, and that's right before it tells you, of course, you have to forgive one another. Right. Right. That's the, that's the first step before forgiveness begins. It's grace, then forgiveness. You can't do it the other way around. But yeah, they, they're hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, forgiveness is first. Grace is win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. But yeah. But you know, I just think about the grace that we've received is just, I, I just, you have to let people know that it's, you can't do anything to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. You've heard people make statements like to be in their good graces or whatever. That's not it. That is not how it works. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you mean they're always talking about doing something to yeah. get in someone's mm-hmm. good graces yeah. and that's not grace. You know, it's no different than discussing, you know, right or discussing wrong or discussing true or false. It is. You know what I mean? Yep. That's my truth. You know, there's this, <laughs> especially in the world we live in today, they think that truth is 
because you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That, that's not truth at all. Truth is not truth because you believe it. Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. Yep. And that's hard for people to wrap their head around these days. Well, I think uh, I actually sent a text to the guys the other day. My daughter answered a question on one of her homework assignments. You know, what's your favorite holiday? She said, Christmas, because I get presents. And then she says, but I only get them through grace because I don't deserve them. Right. Yeah, like, she gets yeah, it. I saw that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, and let's look at the, the verses in, in Romans talking about grace in uh, Romans chapter 6. It says, knowing uh, this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, which is to mean be under its domain or under the, you know, its control. You know, so we're not slaves to that anymore. Mm-mm. We don't. We don't have to be. That's great. Um, um, for he who has died has been freed from sin. You know, that's why we. You know, if like you think your baptism, we we were buried in the likeness of him and raised in newness of life. If he was crucified and buried and raised, then we're in that same likeness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mark, I'm going to shoot out my first quote and yes. see what you think here. If God didn't forgive sinners, heaven would be empty. One more time. If God didn't forgive sinners, heaven would be empty. Is that a true or false? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. Because if, if, yes, if, no, if he yes. extended grace to no one, if there was no forgiveness, because in the Old Testament, you could never get forgiven your sins. You just covered your sins. And they never even talked about getting into heaven with it. It was just to, to stay on the, the, the good side, to not be condemned. You had to just make sure you kept sacrificing to cover, sacrificing mm-hmm. to cover constantly. And then it wasn't until Jesus came along and he was that sacrifice that right. actually allowed us to forgive sins. But it was still through faith. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it was still through mm-hmm. the faith 100%. of the faith that was to come. You know, like they said, you know, in Hebrews, when it says, talking about Abraham, it says, mm-hmm. by faith, it was accounted to him righteousness. All, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Exactly. By all faith. of it. All of it. Um, and I'm looking for the other verse. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, the one I meant to read, I read, I got ahead of myself, though. And this is the the outside looking in part of grace um, that I think we struggle with. And we don't struggle with it individually. This is the part we struggle with with other brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. in my, what I, the way I read it and the, what I, you know, what I've seen. I mean, how many of y'all have ever been through a a church issue yes you know what i mean i've, I've heard about them i haven't yet oh, you know but, I mean? I'm sure it'll happen, <laughs> yeah. but i've heard about them. you know that's a whole new that's a whole other podcast yes, or or just a discussion yeah. or whatever but but in uh, ch- in uh, chapter six he says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound which is basically that's Everybody, the outside looking in saying, well, grace is just a license to sin. You all have heard that, mm-hmm. right? Well, this is where 
he addresses it right here. And then the, the second uh, verse of that, he says, certainly not with an explanation point. He said, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into death? He's talked about the process. But he basically says, certainly no. That it's, it's not a license to sin. But that's the idea that gets passed along because we can do something that's wrong and not lose your salvation. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's where the forgiveness comes in, right? You know, but we struggle with that because we preach grace, right? We teach grace. For by grace have you been saved through faith, which is plus nothing, right? right. Which is, and he says there and the rest of it that there's that you can't work for it, you can't attain it, that you can't do anything to get it, right? Yep. Um, then shall we, you know, he's basically saying, shall we, do we just stay in our sin that, that, that that should abound that we need more grace that we can that we have a license to sin he says certainly not that's not what that's not what you know it's the, the idea is that because you have been saved because you are the old man is gone and you're a new man that sin's not going to have reign over you anymore mm-hmm. you know what i mean you're going to become more sanctified in your walk with christ that you know, we all come in with baggage, whether we know it or not, right? Mm-hmm. We all come in. Some yep. of us come with a whole lot of baggage, oh, yeah. you know, and there's some of that baggage that we leave under the blood, under the blood very easy, but there's a lot of it that we just keep digging up, you know what I mean? Either individually or other people are digging it up, you know, and bringing it back to the forefront. And we're just basically two steps back, two steps forward. And, you know, we're still saved by grace. You're, you're still one of his, but your sanctification process and becoming more like Christ is just standstill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hindered. Oh, and Satan loves to use other people Absolutely. to bring that stuff Absolutely. up with you. Like, that's his favorite yeah. game. That's what I like, though, when Paul puts in the second part of Romans 6, starting in 15, when he says, What then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace by no means, right, again? Yes. Uh, but then he continues on. Uh, into verse 17, but thanks be to God that you were once slaves to sin, uh, have become obedient from the heart of the standard of teaching to which you were commit, uh, you were committed and having been set free from sin and have been slaves of righteousness. Right. And, so and, and what grace, version, and what version is that one, Daniel? The ESV. Yeah. And then in the, in the new King James, the wording is, um, you were delivered from it. Yeah. 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 So we're set free. We're delivered from that sin by yeah. the grace and delivered into righteousness. Yeah. But doesn't mean you never want to do it again. Right. It just means you can fight it now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and this is where the, the forgiveness part comes in, you know, like I said. So main, the main point, like the discussion, you know, is, is generically, why do, why are we so bad at it sometimes? Why, why are we not very good at forgiving others or extending grace to brothers and sisters in Christ? Like, why do we fail at that? I see it as something that is taught by the world from an early age. So everything, I wasn't, I mean, I was raised in a, in a Christian, Lutheran Christian home, but we only went on Sundays. You know, we didn't do any Bible reading. We didn't do any other stuff beyond that. You know, I did did youth group and stuff like that, but 
but for me at the time even because it was so um just minimal all i ever saw that was was just a more opportunity to just go hang out with friends and do stuff with people it wasn't like i'm going to youth group because i need more time at church or more time in the bible and outside everywhere else you're you're taught that if somebody wrongs you you go after them you're taught that if somebody does something bad you take up take it out on them you you're the that is a again something that i'm i'm going to chalk up to satan is going to constantly teach people from a very young age because he knows that's going to be a wedge that's going to be a crack in your armor the entire time until you can figure that out yeah we're taught to fight back yeah you know you're taught to there's a competitive nature in us Mm-hmm. There's back a to the and, scales. That's how you yeah, say and, put and levels on I sin. We yeah. put levels on. Yeah. Yep. The yep. honest truth is, it's because we were born sinners and we were rebellious towards God. From from the jump, plain and simple. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and that's why we have to understand. We have to be reminded sometimes individually that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you know we can give off the idea or that we're done you know what i mean or even to other brothers and sisters of christ that you know, we got it all figured out you there, know what i mean there was and one then, thing i was going through all when i was reading and trying to find quotes as well that keep kept popping up and i i think one of one of the answers that could go with your question is is um God forgives and forgets, and our flesh will let us forgive, but won't let us forgive or forget it. And so, I think that's one of our biggest problems is trying to forget it, and it always just comes right back up. Right, exactly. So yeah. even though you forgive, you're still going to know it. But it's one of our hardest things to come by, like you know, God just to forget all of it. The the wonderful thing to remember, though, is like Ray said, you know, sometimes we just don't think we can. Yep because of the hurt or because of what other people may tell you, but the Bible says you can. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about it. doesn't mean that you will. That's true. And it doesn't even in it. And even if you do, it doesn't mean that you did it right. Right. The Bible just says that you can, you know and what I mean? That I you, think you will have to more than once in yeah. most cases. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to forgive and forget and you're all good then. And then, Two years down the line, just smack, and you're yeah. like, then you got to do it again. Right. You're like, okay, I thought I was over that. I guess not. <laughs> and I saw that person again, and immediately I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking to him. You know, and, and when we are unforgiving, what we are doing is we're telling him that it doesn't work. But the biggest thing that we don't realize sometimes is. We are basically just grieving the Holy Spirit in working in our lives. And what that happens, we can sometimes get in spots in our walk, you know, in our spiritual walk, to where we are, we've got unforgiveness in our heart, right? Or something like we've got something like that. And basically, look, you're still saved. You're still going to heaven. That was settled the day you got saved, mm-hmm. right? Just, yep. But, Let's get on to the sanctification process. Get, let's get on to him making us more like him through our yielding to the Holy Spirit, right? Yep. That's, you know, and sometimes we, are, we don't always do that. 
But when we hinder, you know, basically, he just sets us on a shelf. So we are just, look, you are ineffective for the gospel of Christ right now. Yep. Until we get this fixed. Yep. You can come, you can sit, you can listen, you can sing, you can read, you can pray. Yep. You know what I mean? But there's, I think but there's a reason. You're, you are grieving, you are hindering the, the Holy Spirit working in your life by with that unforgiveness in your heart. And he talks about that in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, right? You skip down to verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. There's the, you can. There's where it says, look, I'm not saying you did. I look, I don't care if you like it or don't like it. I'm just saying he says you can do it. Yep. You know what I mean? And I read that as more of a command when he says, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what I mean? Because it's just going to carry over. When we carry things over, they just, they tend to boil and stem. And, you know, it talks about when sin's full grown, it just gives birth. It just, it can escalate into more than it ever should have been. You know what I mean? Yep. There was, so I said it a couple podcasts ago, somebody else came up with this phrase and I thought it was great, but I just see another application of it to write what you were saying, Mark is, so I don't know if you've heard this before, but there's a lot of spiritual streakers out there because yes. all they're wearing is the helmet of salvation. Yes. That and was they got nothing else You on. said that on the podcast with the ladies and it was fantastic. Yeah. And I, I actually, I actually, when I heard that, I wrote it down yeah, you're like, that's great. and I yeah. said, I'm using that in a sermon. Yeah. So, As you were yes. just saying, with just salvation, the Lord has to put you on a shelf because if you're going to send people out into battle and all they got on is a helmet, yeah. they are useless in battle. Yeah. <laughs> they are not going to be able to fight uh, anybody. I, I have used that in a sermon here. All right. You got it in. <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice. I, I got some weird looks, too. <laughs> but think, think about the, like the, well, well, here's the, here's the issue is, you know, we, we, First of all, we want to give sin all these different levels mm-hmm. yep. of level one through whatever, you know. And I'm not saying that one is not worse, but sin is sin. It's mm-hmm. rebellion against God, period. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because of sin. That's why we're separated from him, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so we have to sit there and, you know, I use the thief on the cross a lot in referencing a lot of things, you know, a lot of people do, (laughs) you know, but, but sometimes we miss it. We just don't get it. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we, we have this idea that people that, that sometimes there are people that are too far gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like you said, that's the worldly part of us. You know, we want to just jump on the bandwagon and, and man, he's no good. He's worthless or whatever. But my Bible says different. And your Bible says different. It says that he was made in the image of God. Amen. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He says, you know, talks about it in James about the way that we speak to people that it should not be that way. That should not be so. You know, you got blessing and cursing coming out of the some coming out of the same mouth mm-hmm. towards someone who was, I think it's the similitude of God, depending on your translation. But we write people off sometimes, so we don't think that they can be, or they don't, or even may tell them we don't. We we may just kind of give the idea that they don't deserve grace or forgiveness mm-hmm. because of what they've done. Yeah. And that is a hard reality check, you know, to, to think about if you were to sit there and I don't know, you can edit this out if you want to, but I mean, if Charles Manson 
got saved. Yep, he's saved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you have a pro- some people would have a problem with right. that because no, of do. what because of what he's done? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying you have to you have to use those worst and best case scenarios to open your eyes to that, and that's why you can refer to the thief on the cross in the same way. This was the thief on the cross. We we get this idea that man, that's wonderful that he accepted you know, because he confessed him to be Lord right there on the cross. Did he not? Yes. Right. And Jesus said, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." But let's not forget why he was on the cross. Yep. Yeah. He was a bad dude. Was, yeah. You couldn't just be a regular thief. This, right. Yeah, this was not a good guy. You know what I mean? This was somebody who had lived a slave to sin, right? That's why he was being put to death. Let's mm-hmm. not discount that. But he realized who Jesus was, right? That and Jesus he put, uh, exactly, and he knew that forgiveness was through him, and grace was <laughs> yeah. through him. Well, that's, you got to remember Romans twelve nineteen. Yes, right? never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. For it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay," says the Lord. Right? It is not our job to be judge. It is not our job to. You're supposed to be judging in what you do and who you spend time with and who you are around. But in no way are we to be the judge of someone else and condemn them right. or, or anything. Again, yeah. you, we are supposed to leave all of that to God. That is the turn the other cheek phrase. That's, yeah. that's what that means. Yeah. You don't let someone attack you and kill you. That's not what that means. That just means that if they do, you don't retaliate. You know, then you, I always tie that one together with the, you know, then wipe the dust off your sandals, yeah. right? People are like, oh, you just keep getting hit in the cheek. I'm like, no, you get hit in the cheek and then you walk away. You yeah. say, okay, they're not listening. They're not hearing this. They're just attacking. Yeah. I forgive you. And well, then you walk away. We, we tend to pin grace and not extend grace to things that we see. So we, we works base it, even though the whole verse is about no it's work. Not. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so what I mean by That's that is, so true. like I said, I like to use like parables so we can kind of get a picture so you can make you think like sometimes those make you go oh okay i see what you're saying or i see where you're going with this which is and i've used this with Derek. i'm like this let's say you drove by and you saw me putting a six-pack in the back of my truck at a liquor store the first thing most is it's probably not saved because you saw me do something works mm-hmm which totally goes against saved by grace. You see what I'm saying? It's not works base. Mm-hmm. So that's the grace side of it. The, and the forgiveness part goes hand in hand, which is you're not going to forgive him for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You'll, you'll flog that away. You're going to log it away. Right. For another right. day. You know. I'll it, see him Sunday morning. <laughs> Ma- Matthew six fourteen says, for if you, for, if, I love it, if. There's a, I said this Sunday night when I was, when I preach, which is there's not a whole lot of if clauses in the Bible, but the ones that are there are very, very good. You know what I mean? Uh, for if you forgive men their trespasses, plural, I love that, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so many Christians do not heed that verse whatsoever. And that one's in red, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> that one, yeah, so... So let me slide this in here before we change the subject and see what your thoughts are on everybody here. Forgiveness is not an action. It's a discipline. True. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah it, I think it goes hand in hand with that verse right there. If the if 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 God says we can do it and he tells us to do it, then it can be a practiced thing that we exercise. And just like any other thing that we do, if we will over and over, it becomes habitual Mm -hmm. and then become not. And it doesn't mean that you're just, it's easy to do. It's just, God has got that work complete in you that gives you that peace. I'm going to forgive you the way that Christ forgave us. What is discipline, Randy? You tell me, buddy. Doing something we don't want to do. Exactly. That's what discipline is. Doing something we don't want to do. Never wants to do it because your flesh loves to hold on to that stuff, right? And and remember this: when it comes to forgiveness, it's not about what you're forgiving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an invisible attribute of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So, Mark, going with that verse there, um, if you forgive, can the forgiveness be, like, in my head? Like, if you did something against me, right, and I just go, I forgive Mark, does that that constitute that verse? Like, does that, I forgave you, even though you didn't know you did anything wrong? Or do I need to come to you and be like, hey, look, Mm -hmm. I have an offense against you, but I forgive you for your that? there's a lot of different ways like you can think about that it can be like if you've if if somebody's outright done something wrong you know it's handled a different way but i mean it may have been i mean sometimes people can hurt us unintentionally Mm -hmm. does that mean and they don't even know they and they don't even know that they need forgiven but you've got unforgiveness in your heart towards them and they don't even know it a lot of different sides of that so the forgiveness part is about He's talking about he's talking about us forgiving, not the person that we are forgiving. Yeah. So it's always about us being able to do or not do it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it's always like your question would be, if I've wronged you, whether I know it or I don't know it, your the forgiveness that you're that you're bestowing towards somebody that is that's in your heart because right. you have the unforgiveness. Right. The, the, exactly. Right. right. Yep. And I think if it's a if it's a case of someone who has done something that is a, a sin, then I as I understand it, we're obligated to go and convict and yeah. talk to them about it. But if it was just you said hi and they didn't wave at you and went by, I don't think you need to go after them about no, that. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, it uh, even says though that if you're going to give your offering and you remember that someone you, has yeah. something against you or you have something, or you against, have something someone. against someone yep. leave yeah. your offering there and go yeah to that person and i think a lot of that forgiveness can be i think there's a lot that need need to be hand in hand like you need to go to someone yeah. like this first you need to forgive your brother and vice versa but there's also like just the unforgiveness in our heart towards someone mm-hmm. that that's you can handle that at the altar yeah. yep and you know if you mean? think if you think you got to do it, and your body says I don't want to, then you probably do have to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why it goes great with the other verse we'll get to later. You know about we need it as well. Because yeah. see, we want all of God's forgiveness we can get. Mm-hmm. Right? We yeah. need all we'll, of God's we'll, forgiveness. We'll, we'll, we look, can I'll get. take it all. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, You know, but being able to receive it is one thing. Being able to extend it towards someone, you'll understand 
how much more it was for him to do. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that needs to be your, it's not about whether you like, I mean, it's not like we're eating vegetables. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. Like, well, I don't like spinach. I'm not going to eat spinach. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Right. You know, there are, there's a lot of conviction, convictions, personal convictions in, in the, in the scripture. Right. That we can all, you could argue all day long about whether you do this or don't do that. But then there's a whole bunch of, look, we ain't arguing about it. This right. is not, it's not debatable. You know, the virgin birth, we're not debating the virgin birth. We're not, I'm not having that discussion with you. I'm not having a discussion about the bap, being baptized before it's that's doctrine. Yep. But if we want to argue about wearing jeans to church or a hat, yeah, wearing or, a hat in the sanctuary, look, you, that, you know, that's between you and you and the Lord are going to handle that. If it's hindering your walk with him, then yeah, probably deal with it. You know what I mean? But, but unforgiveness is the same hindrance. It will, it's, it's harder for you to walk close to guard God with unforgiveness in your heart, right? Because you're trying to, you're trying to get all of his forgiveness you can, and you're not extending it back towards the way that he wants you to. Yep. And what, what I've seen from people too, is, is just, you bring that up is you might have someone who comes to you and says like, Hey, I don't think you should be wearing a hat in this sanctuary. And then you're sitting there going, well, I don't think it's an issue. And now all of a sudden people forget that don't be a stumbling block to your brother. And if somebody in church says, Hey, I don't think you're supposed to be doing this and it's an issue for me. Why is it such a big deal to just be like, you know what? Okay. I can, I'll leave it outside. Now I've had a couple of people kind of half mention hats actually in, in church. And I yeah. get that. I get yeah. it. And yeah. I don't know. I, it does say that men aren't supposed to wear something on their head while they're praying to the Lord, but it doesn't say that, you know, leave it outside. I mean, right. you just take it off yeah. once church starts. That's my version of it. Yeah. But if somebody came to me and said, if you know, this is really affecting me, I would just leave the hat outside then don't i wouldn't make it a big deal now my old self would have gotten all upset about it been like this is my hat i can wear whatever i want this is my deal lord didn't tell me i didn't blah right. blah blah where's the rule book yeah where's the where's that in the rule book yeah. but at the same time you know we we walk in and we've got um we forget to think about where everybody is spiritually mm-hmm Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It it has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with where you sit. It's all about yielding and being and, and growing in, in Christ. You know, there are there may be eight, nine, ten year olds that are more spiritually grounded than some sixty year olds. That's just the simple truth. That's yeah. That has nothing to do with age. That has to do with Yes, Lord, I will, and no, I won't, because that's what we do as Christians. We we hear a sermon. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts us, and we're like, okay, or we're like, well, I ain't doing that. <laughs> and then I look, think that one was for me. And then you're, that hinders your walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, mature Christians are not mature because they're older. Mm-hmm. Mature Christians are mature because they are yielding to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And the more that we do that, the more Christ-like we become. It doesn't look, we're not, I'm not perfect. Never going to be perfect. God's not done with you. He's not done with me. Yep. Extend, look, 
the 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 other member of your church that look god's not done with him either that's the grace that's the extend the grace part you know what i mean and um we don't know where people are in their walk especially we don't take time to do this type of stuff right or you know what i mean if you're not going to take time to whatever get to know them your brothers and sisters in christ then how are you going to know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. sometimes we see new people come into our church you know and we are like hmm we we just want to be this spiritual um you know detector yep <laughs> i've got the gift i've got the gift of discernment I'm like you don't even know what that is you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> trust me everybody does not have the spiritual gift of discernment isn't you know what i mean that's or if they're here next week i'll talk to them yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but sometimes you just you know i need to look at it like this which is God said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel the people to come in that my house may be full. Mm-hmm. you got to get them here to give them the gospel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then once you've done that, then the Holy Spirit can do something. And we just don't ever discount that. Don't ever discount that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, another one of these great verses, um, Colossians 3, 13. I'll start in 12. Therefore, as an elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. We stink at that one, by the way. <laughs> Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must, must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Yep. I mean, we keep getting commanded do, to yes. do this, but we keep saying, I ain't going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why sometimes churches aren't moving forward. We wonder why, you know, I said this Sunday, and it's a, it's a, it can almost sound cliche, but if you'll just get in the scripture and if you'll just read through how God dealt with people. <laughs> especially his people right yeah okay from genesis until the the end he blesses obedience Mm -hmm. and he will not bless disobedience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you have unforgiveness in your heart you are being disobedient to god Mm -hmm. i don't care if you like it or not i'm just telling that's what it says yeah it's and we wonder why why is god not doing anything maybe that's it you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, in forgiveness, you know, we, like I said, we want all the forgiveness we can get. But we keep it. We don't, <laughs> we don't share it back. You um, know what I mean? And I look, like what the ESV says on verse 14 real quick before we go on, because yours ended in, in, with imperfection. And so the ESV says, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So to, you know, cause you were about to mention something, we wonder why the church sometimes is so broken because of our own forgiveness. Well, it's because we're not putting it on love, right? We're not doing it out of love. And so we won't have that harmony among the church. I think you could, once again, could be edited. So, but I'm going to say it. A church's health can be dictated by a lot of different things. But if we are the body of Christ, right, and we all are individual members, like the, the word says, and we are, if we're doing what God wants us to do and performing those functions, the body works great. You can read about it in Acts, right? Mm-hmm. 
look what happens when a body of Christ is working and doing things uh, in unity, like you just said, or in harmony. Uh, it talks about one accord, uh, about they did everything together in one accord. And, and God, it said, and God added to them daily. I mean, 3,000. You know what I mean? This was happening daily. Well, we serve the same God here at First Baptist Hawassi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that our, that not healthy, but I'm saying there are a lot of things that can disrupt the health of the church. And it could be, there's probably a lot of different categories. Unforgiveness is one of them. Oh, yeah. Grace and forgiveness is a is one of the issues that could hinder a church from from being healthy and and being in one accord um probably the most that you don't people don't want to talk about or you don't hear about or maybe it's not even spoke about which is plain and simple you have a lot of in general just churches let's say bible believing and teaching churches you have a lot of unsaved church members yeah and sometimes we don't want to that's you know we don't want to acknowledge that or we don't want to accept that or we don't not not that we don't care but we i guess is it i don't know if you sweep it sweep it under the rug or you're just waiting you know god's gonna move and do something about that because but i mean if that weren't true right yeah, I the, mean things would be moving. Right, it's the as we say the pew sitters. There was a there was a Billy Graham study done years ago when he used to have his big crusades, and the study came out that said that he had thought through the studies of of Billy Graham crusades that as a whole, and he and he was talking he was talking about just church. He was talking about Bible believing churches. So he's talking about doctrinal correct churches right okay right. so we're not talking about the church with the rainbow flags down the or road. whatever exactly <laughs> so I'm, I'm not trying to pick i'm just being but in his that said that according to their study that anywhere from 40 to 60 percent of most church members in bible believing teaching churches were not saved yeah and that statistic came from out of all the people who were making decisions for Christ at his crusades over all the years, that percentage of them were already church members. It's a crazy stat, but I mean... They'd been going to church already. They'd been going to church, but that goes to tell you how powerful Satan is here. And we discount that. Oh, we yeah. discount that way more than we should. We, you know, if we've got Christ, He can't reign over us. But to somebody who has not, the Ephesians two eight nine say by grace through faith, then He can hinder that. Luke yep. talks about it. Talks about that those that you know that they hear the word, but Satan comes in and snatches it, lest they would get saved. It says, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. That's how powerful that is. But if that weren't true, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have Matthew seven twenty one in your Bible. You wouldn't have 
Jesus saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Well, what's the will? That we should all come to repentance. Mm-hmm. That we should be saved, right? That's, that's, that's the plan. That's his purpose and plan for us, correct? Right. But he says in 22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you. <laughs> Those are the four scariest I'm, words to a Christian right I'm there. Just saying, I never knew you. He's not talking about the we ain't never been in there people. Yep. I, yep. I preached those verses before and put it in modern terms for like church people to understand yeah. it was like those who taught sunday school those Set who choir, worship played those the, who, you know yeah. and that's scary to i mean because that's what it means too it's when he says exactly people who said means, lord yeah. lord it's not yeah. talking about he's not even talking about pew sitters at that point no, no. He's, no talking he's talking about, about people, people who are who, moving and saying and doing things but here's the, but wonder, the, the wonderful part about that is it's still his purpose and plan that all should come to repentance. Absolutely. And we need to always like, that's one thing that like we talked earlier about. Sometimes we just discount people. Mm-hmm. We think that there's no way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, I am the way. So there is a way there's never a no way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we are not good at that. Sometimes that's, we are not good at that part that goes hand in hand with extending grace. We are not very good at it sometimes. Right. Well, to think about the level of grace we're required to have, what you previously had mentioned about when the, the right after Pentecost and they're preaching and they're gaining followers daily, they are preaching to the very people who 50 days ago yes. had crucified Jesus. Exactly. They Could you imagine that in our church, if people who had killed Jesus were coming and saying, hey, we actually want to join your church now. Right. Yeah. Do you think every single person sitting in those pews would be like, welcome? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I think that you that's where you're going to run into those people. That's a test of grace right there real hard for a lot of people. Yeah. You need to be able to, you know, you can tie it to those people that you see on uh, sometimes where like, you know, somebody murdered their child and they're there in court and they're like, I forgive them. Like, I don't know that I'm not sure if I'm even up to that task yet, you right. know, because have my you ever previous heard- man would have said, I'm going on a manhunt if something like that happened. That was my previous man. Right. <laughs> have you ever heard the term? The only Jesus people will is maybe the Jesus they see in you. Yeah. Yep. You're the only Jesus they might see. Mm-hmm. Grace and forgiveness is biblical. Grace and forgiveness is the difference. I think it's mentioned more in the New Testament than the Lord's Supper yes. or baptism. Like it is brought up over and over and over again. And that is because the world does not want to give any grace to anyone and i'm using that term loosely and they de- they do not want to forgive anyone does that make sense so for us to grace and forgiveness towards one another for someone else to see that it's not going to make any sense because it's not what they've never seen before mm-hmm. and that is the there's something different about you that is the jesus that they'll see in you is because you're, you're actually doing something that he did. You are actually doing something only you can do because of what he did. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And that is, 
that's pretty awesome. Yep. And that's when the, you know, and, and I'm not boasting. I'm just, I share stories, you know. I don't do it intentionally, but I've had people, and hopefully you guys have too, like, why did you do that? You don't have to do that. Why do you do that? You know, I act on Holy Spirit conviction daily. Do I stink at it sometimes? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a right. sinner saved by grace, just like everyone. I am not perfect. I'm not done. I still th- say things that that I sh- should not have said. Or sometimes I speak to somebody the way that I shouldn't have spoke to them. Or sometimes I don't respond to somebody the way that I should have responded to them. I mean, we've all done that because we're selfish, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. The difference is the older I get, and the more God transformed me into being, you know, more like him, the less I can get away with. Does that make sense? The less, because the, the conviction gets stronger and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger because that's something God's trying to work in me. That's something he's trying to, it says that he will perfect it in you until, right? Yep. Yep. And those are the things that, the ones we struggle with, those are the ones he's trying to fix, you know, and like speaking to people was one of my big issues as a young Christian, because like I said, I was plugged into a church that was being led by an evangelist. So it was just hellfire and brimstone. I just wanted to go tell everybody about Jesus. And if you look, and if you didn't want to hear it, just fine, get on to the next door. You know what I mean? Because I'd never heard the verse about on save on some save with compassion, but others literally snatch out of the fire. And I was just snatching, just snatch them, snatch them, snatch them, snatch them. <laughs> You're going over that one. There was no compassion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In yeah. my in my early walk, that's why it's important now. That's the one of the attributes that Jesus has tried to fix in me, which is grace and forgiveness. You're going to extend grace the way that I extended grace. And I'm going to give you the ability to forgive the way that I forgave and challenge me on that daily. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when I don't do it, you know, it's, you know, sometimes we we take Holy Spirit conviction as a bad thing. Like we talk about, oh, I got my toes stepped on or, you know, Mm. like we loosely talk about that, right? Yep. But if you're not feeling conviction, I think you got problems. But man, that's exactly when I'm under conviction. Like I feel like you better do. You need to deal with this. You you need to you need to call them. You need to say something. You need to get on your knees. You need to give this whatever mm-hmm. you're you know convicted about. But there's a part of me that I'm very thankful for that because it's assurance of my salvation. That's one. That's another assurance of who I am in Christ. Because I have that, because he's doing that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's not, it's not guilty, it's not moral. It's not a moral issue or a just I feel bad. It's conviction, you know what I mean? You'll say things to people. I, I told Derek. I mean, I don't, when he was working for me, I'd go meet contractors or something or a homeowner, and I would say something just in the flesh, and I get. F- three miles away and I'm turning the truck around. I've got to go back and, and look, they they don't even know. They, sometimes they may not even know that, that you said it or you, the way that it came out, you know what I mean? They just, well, that's just how they are. But 
God convicts me on it. Like you, you didn't represent me at all. You know what I mean? They, they saw none of me in you in that particular moment. And I have to go back and say, I just wanted to say I was, the way I spoke to you was wrong. I just, I needed to apologize to you and just hope you forgive me for that. And like I said, that's like you brought up earlier. That's the, yeah, I needed that. That's the, fi- that, you know, I said Sunday night, <clears throat> we go around, we want God to fix all the stuff, right? And just, I don't know if you listened to the message, it was way too long. I'll shorten it up. No, <laughs> but, it was good. but, um, God fixes people, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to come to a point where God, I want you to fix me. So not, we're not talking about salvation. We've, they, he's already fixed that. We've been saved by grace through faith plus nothing. Mm-hmm. But now the sanctification process, Lord, fix fix my struggle with extending grace. Lord, fix my struggle with forgiveness. Lord, fix my struggle with whatever it is, the baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And just he'll do that. He'll do that. Yep. And if you, And if you're not asking for it, then again, that's, as I just previously said, then I think you're, I don't even know if you're actually saved. If you're not constantly saying, hey, Lord, you know, okay, I need help with this. I need help with that. I need, you know, every morning I pray to God to like, okay, help me today. Mm-hmm. Well, to, I think that's the, yeah, that's to be the, a little better than I was yesterday. Right, right. Yeah. That is 100% like, and of course, you know, that, that could be a lot of the issue. I mean, just if you really think about it biblically, if people can't forgive and people can't extend grace, well, I just can't do that. I can't do that. It would be, look, I I would question your salvation. Yep. How are you not able to do something that he said that you could do? Mm-hmm. How are you not able to do something he said that he would do through you? Because all things are possible through yeah. God. You know, you are basically saying, I just believe this part of it, but, you know, God didn't give me that. God didn't give me a, you know what I mean? The only thing that God did not give me was, look, you know, you, I'm not even going to say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard men say, well, I'm just getting in touch with my feminine side. Look, I don't have one. Don't, he right. didn't give me one. So does that make sense? Oh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think it's okay. I'm not saying you question that verbally or you, but maybe don't expect the world to act any different than the world. Look, if you've got somebody coming to church service every Sunday and they're still lost, look, they're still worldly. Mm-hmm. That's still the world, right? True or false? So yep. Expecting a sinner to act like a safe person is like expecting a pig to lay an egg like a chicken. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and those, and I'm glad you brought that up, Ray, because I was fixing to go there. But I think individually, that's something we all need to, it's okay to have the spiritual test every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the conviction, the assurance of, of, of salvation, the assurance that you are who he says you are yep. right, um, and the forgiveness part about it, like if we can't if we can't forgive like you said, we've already read the other verses like you should forgive you should forgive as Christ forgave you mm-hmm. right. He keeps telling us over and over and over and over. Uh, there's another verse I don't know exactly where it is. Maybe somebody can look it up. But when he comes to Jesus, says how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times, and he says no, seven 70. times seventy, which is he's not saying four hundred ninety times. He's saying. Forever. forever yeah that's that's a uh, indefinite well, yeah that's yeah. an idiom as yeah. you call it that's yeah. like you know would you um, call me <laughs> <laughs> you know i use those big words so <laughs> yeah. it right. 
But if we can't do that or we can't understand it or if we start putting these um, – we good on time? Oh, yeah. Or if we start putting these limitations on what we can and can't forgive – we're putting limits then, on God. Then look, you just don't understand what it is. I'm just, and I'll just, I'll call it out. You know what I mean? If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck, right? That's just the truth of it. If you can't do what God says you can do, then I would question that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just in case anyone's listening, I don't think that means that you should be able to do it instantly. No, it, no. But if you're struggling with it, then I think you're on the right path. If you're yes. not struggling with it, if you're just like, nope, not going to forgive that person, and we're done. Moving that on. That needs to be the top of then your. you probably got that needs issue. to be the top of your 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 prayer list. Yeah, yep, daily. That probably. needs to be the top of your reading, the top of your study, the top of you. This is like, okay, Lord, fix this in me. If I'm yours, then fi- then you can you can fix this. You can perform this in me because the Bible says you can. Mm-hmm. You know, so understanding that forgiveness, we go to First John 1, 9. Now, this is for us who know him, right? And pardon me, for those who he knows. Yeah, those <laughs> All right, if knows. we go back, yeah. <laughs> um, and you hear this a lot, but and I, I love this verse. I've got it highlighted in blue in my Bible. Another if clause, it says, if we confess our sins, plural, he, capital H, is faithful and just to forgive us, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you keep reading. It says, "If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Is mm-hmm. not in us." Yep. I even like eight before that because it says, "If we say we have no sin, we, we des- have deceived ourselves." Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. And this is I call this the this is the taking a bath verse. That's how I parable this verse and what i mean by that this is not talking about this is for this is for the saved that's who this verse is speaking to for those who know christ and christ knows them correct that's why it says we right Mm -hmm. not you um because he's talking about and obviously if you go back to the very beginning who he's who he's writing it to right Mm -hmm. um you ever been outside mowing the grass like old school mowing the grass. I mean, like pushing a lawnmower, hot July, you're just sweating, grass on you, filthy, dirty, nasty. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know? Yeah? Everybody mm-hmm. say, yeah? Yep. Mm-hmm. You can and you go it. inside, you know, and you shed all your clothes and you get a good shower. <laughs> how it makes you feel, how Very clean fresh. you feel. Awesome. <laughs> That's the Very reference fresh. of this verse. That's why he says to cleanse us from all. He's getting all the, all the junk back off of us. Fresh start. You know what I mean. That's <laughs> how I reference this first. It's 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 taking a bath. It's yeah. It's that know, daily spiritual yeah. baptism, circumcision yeah. that we're supposed to go. And basically, through. this is just this is the way that we restore our fellowship our fellowship with Him. It's also how we restore fellowship with one another. It eliminates the hindrance of us growing in Christ mm-hmm. and being able to do function the way that God wants us to function as one of his children. Yep. You know, because if we have, if we've got that issue, we got that issue with forgiveness or grace or whatever, you know, it is, he can't, he can't use us the way he wants to use us. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, 
another gr- grieving the Holy Spirit is what it is. You're, un, uh, you know, you're ineffective, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because Ray brought it up, <laughs> and we're going to go there. Stop, is, stop bringing stuff up. <laughs> well, I just, I had mentioned about, Come like, on, Ray. when you've got um, people who confess to be Christians, who cannot do Christian things. Mm-hmm. I Look, I que- I'm sorry, I question that. Spiritually, I, I, I pray for those people. I I lift him before the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's, he's the one that's going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like he saved me, you know, and it's not that, and it's not that anybody's trying to deceive anybody. It's not that it's Satan has, you know, has their, it's blindness, spiritual blindness. You know what I mean? They can deceive us into thinking we are something that we're not right. Yep. It's, it's biblical. You can read all about it, but you talked about that. Te- you can read all about that in First John. There's a whole spiritual salvation test in the book of First John. Um, but you know, I love. There are a lot of verses in here. I love. I love that it says. Um, hang on a second. I don't want to lose it. First John uh, chapter five. Start about 11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and the life is in His Son, right? So through Jesus, we have eternal life. Do you all agree with that? Mm-hmm. And it Amen. says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, right? Once again, just talking about Jesus and eternal life. But I love verse 13. It says, These things, plural, it's talking about this. It's talking about this book, right? Mm-hmm. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which is we put our faith in Christ, that you may know that you have eternal life. No. People question that. They don't know. You've got a lot of people out there saying you got to do it all the time, that you can get it, you can lose it, you don't have it, you do have it. There are a lot of people who don't know. Yeah. There, there really are, and that may be one of the hindrances on their why they can't forgive, why they can't extend grace, because God, they can't move past this assurance. You're stuck there. You're just stuck on baby milk. You know, you're stuck on the yeah. bottle, and you, you can't grow. That's why this is in there. I have written these things. You believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You know, I was taught, you're saved, now let's get on. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't, I don't have to, he's not getting back on the cross again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right? Yep. He doesn't need to. Right. He doesn't um, need to. You talked about the, the forgiveness, and I think Randy brought it up earlier. It's, it's, it's under the blood. L- leave it there. Yep. Yep. It's, Don't bring it with you. It's covered. You know what I mean? It's covered under the blood. Let him grow you. Let him make you more like his son. But that's just, it's ups and downs, back and forth. You know what I mean? But it's, yep. but a lot of things that we need to do as, as Christians is we just have to put those into practice. You know what I mean? Yep. When did it get easy to come to Sunday morning service? Well, after I started coming over and over and over, and now it's just easy to come, you know? Yep. 
You know, do you all remember the first time you got asked to pray publicly? Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time for everybody is like, you, oh, I can't do that. I still get nervous. Right. Exactly. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, Sunday mornings, I'm like, is he going to call? Me? Is he gonna <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things, though, that if you, if you do it, it becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now you're, I'm ready. You know what I mean? I, I, I pray all the time. You know what I mean? Or, or anything that has to do with, with the spiritual walk. Yep. And, you know, it's this verse, that verse you read, uh, just the part about, you know, these things I have written. I actually saw a really good little snippet of a guy's uh, sermon. He was talking about, you know, people who are struggling with different sins or different, you know, hangups in their spiritual walk. And they're, they're like, I've been praying about it and I've been trying and all these things and I just can't seem to get over it. And the one thing he, he said, he goes, what people forget is so when Satan was tempting Jesus, how did Jesus battle Satan? Scripture. It is written. If you're not starting out your prayer with it is written, then you're not bringing the full power. You're not bringing a sword to the fight. Right. So if you're having a struggle, then find the verses that talk about your struggle yeah. and bring those into your prayer. Right. And straight up say, it is written that. X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I was like, that's a darn good point. That is, that is, you know, you're, you're not bringing your weapon with you into your prayer life. If you're not bringing any scripture into it either, which I don't yet. So I'm, I'm, that's one of the things that I got convicted on. I'm like, okay, I got to work on that. Mm. That's something I want to try to put in. And, and I know I'm not gonna be able to do it for a while. Cause I can, I, I can never remember the verses word for word. I still paraphrase <laughs> them and I'm like, yeah, it kind of says this, right? <laughs> right. But that's that's something that i just heard and i was like that's that's good i really liked that so how do you what do you all think we could do to be better at extending grace just think back um that was one of the hard things for me was forgiveness and grace uh to others um especially you know like to my dad um, because you were wronged yeah okay yeah. I'm just asking. Uh, because yeah because uh so when when i was in the seventh grade my dad left us uh, for another woman, um, who now is my stepmom, and I love her to death. She's amazing. But I just had a hatred, you know, built up hatred towards my dad because he walked out on us. He was a deacon in the church, you know, he was the backup worship leader, and so it was like, how can this godly man do this? And what happened was God um, at camp was like, how can I forgive you for everything you've done? How can I extend grace to you? for all that you've done, but you can't do that for this one thing. Right. And when God did that to me, I was like, holy smokes, you know, and and that just flipped the way that I thought about it. It was like everything that I have done and will do against God, he's already forgiven me and extended that grace to me. So I just need to do that to everyone else. Most pastor search committees wouldn't let King David in the pulpit. Right. Right. That's right. 100%. And and God said that he was a man after his own heart. Yeah. If they were just looking at a resume, they wouldn't let Jesus in the pulpit. You know, and Carpenter? That's not not directed towards any pastor search committee. I'm just in general. In general. In general. Um, We. God sets the standards. Mm -hmm. We just need to abide by them. But sometimes we set our own standards. Oh, we love to. Oh, yeah. We set we our own. We, yeah. we come in with this idea that there that I will and I won't. 
when it comes to things pertaining to God or pertaining to church, pertaining to church service, Sunday school, whatever it is, we already have a I will, I won't list. Correct? Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. if you're oh, saying yeah, yeah. you don't, then, you know, I'll call you out on it because <laughs> yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Because you're a sinner yep. saved by grace. And we are no different than any of the individuals that we read about in this book right here. You know, and I look at some of the greatest, as we would call the greatest people of God. Yeah. And look at all the faults and the, failures the, and the wrongs and the everything they did wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over and over. Too. Just boneheaded <laughs> stuff. Yep. You know, and we think, like, you know, Paul said, you know, <laughs> he penned through the Holy Spirit inspiration, penned most of the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? And said, look, I've got a thorn in my flesh. He says, I sin. The things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he didn't he, write that early. No. That wasn't like at the beginning. Yeah. The that end, was that know, was much later. He struggled. Yep. But but the salvation he received on the road to Damascus is the same as yours. It's the same God. It's mm-hmm. the same Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the same Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's okay to compare yourself to them. That's why we have it. You know what I mean? Yep. That's why that story is included in there. Exactly. That way. You know. You know. And yeah, and, and it ties back to, you know, what you'd said at the, uh, from First John 1, right? The part where he says, you know, if we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. He's not talking about when you're saved. He's talking about daily. Yes. Every day. If you get to the end of your day and you somehow said, I didn't sin today. I didn't do nothing I'll today. I'll call you a liar to your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, sometimes we forget, too, that it started from day one, right? Yeah. Adam. Yep. What yeah. did he do? Uh, Disobeyed God. Yep. Right? So that started from day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the very beginning of the book. Yep. Yeah. So we do the same thing, too. We disobey God. No, nothing and new. Then, and nothing then, new under the sun. Right. There's nothing new. No, you know. And then he did, you know, what we do. And he said, Lord, the woman you gave me. Right. <laughs> Always. <laughs> well, he pointed at her, and she <laughs> pointed at Satan, and on we go. Yeah. Well, that's what we do as men, though. We try to avoid that. Conflict. That conflict. We try to avoid that saying, that's my fault. Yeah. Right? We, we try to avoid that. We try to pass the blame. And and that's a weird thing, working with, like, kids right now in the fifth and sixth grade and even in the youth group is our kids nowadays pass the blame so easy. Mm-hmm. And we sit there and go, well, how, how come they can pass the blame so quickly and so easily? And then I sit there and go, I did that. <laughs> like, we do the same I, thing. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. That. How many of y'all, how many of you guys, how many of y'all like to be wrong? Right. Oh, love it. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I strive that, for. <laughs> that's not a man thing. That's a human nature. That's a, what, what's that's that? a, what's being wrong? <laughs> you know, we, we do not want to be wrong, but we do what we always want to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why we want to argue. That's why we want to, that's a rebellious spirit in us, you know, but we don't want to be wrong. But Proverbs says this, it says there is a way that seems right to man, but it's in his destruction. Mm-hmm. It's not about being right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At all. 
Um, better ways that we can extend grace is, you know, situational. When you see things out there that you don't agree with, like off the cuff, like in the moment, uh, how well do you guys drive in traffic? Let me ask you that. Just be honest. <laughs> We're in church. Don't ask me that. I drive okay, I drive okay with now. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Crystal? Yeah. No, but I'm saying is... is is driving like the, the on is driving on I forty nine is that a place you can extend grace? And the answer is yes, yeah. mm-hmm. because what's the alternative? Here's the alternative. Well, I showed him, right? Yeah. Well, I was right. You know what I mean? Well, you're in a wheelchair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can just think about simple things like that. That's a practice that you could put into motion to be more that I can extend grace better. Well, and see, I try to do that in my own family. That guy, that guy may not want to be driving like the way he's driving anyway. Right. You don't know that. Yeah. Because I'm raising a teenage daughter right now. Mm. You talk about working on grace and forgiveness. (laughs) It's very hard. Like for me, because like you know, it it was a comment that Autumn said to Crystal. That goes, you know, I need to really work on that. I do. I a lot. Because she goes, well, Mom forgives more than you do, Mm. and I'm like what are you talking about? Right. But cause I hold stuff against her all the time. Cause I'm like, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep messing up? Why do you keep getting in car accidents? Why are you, you know what I mean? Like for me, that's where I try to work on mine first to show that grace and forgiveness in my own family. So I try to show that to others as well. That and it could be God. Family. It could be God doing that. Right. It, uh, it I, really could. Oh, I, need to. I yeah. think so too. I yep. think so too. Yeah. Like I'm not going to hurt her, but I'm going to keep, Dinging fenders until Derek gets it. Right. I right, mean, right. that's not. That's, don't, don't tell Autumn that. That's not unbiblical. You know what I mean? Right. So well, just you know, yeah. We've had them problems too. And the other day, something just kind of hit me, and is like, God forgive me for all this. Okay, mm-hmm. you're forgiven. We're starting anew. We had a conversation. Everything's new. You're forgiven. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. boy, that took a lot to do. Right. It, but it, you got to throw them scales away. Yeah. Don't rank your sins. Just die to yourself and follow the word. I right. mean, that's, that's it. and it put that human part out, and it's hard and um, it's impossible. But you've got to try. If you'll remember the definition of grace in the moment, you're extending something to mm-hmm. they don't deserve what you're getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. There you go. That yeah. that there you go. That's it in a nutshell. And we can and and you can. You can practice that on a daily basis. Yep. You'll, you know, because we are, in a, you'll be situational, things will happen from start to finish that, you know, we have choices every day, right? We get up from the time we get up and we have decisions and choices we make all the time that we can be better. Yeah. Right. Yep. That, that, that will dictate something else right or wrong so that's 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 how we can extend grace better which is situational which is just practice yeah yeah I, you know what i mean look look for areas in your life that that you need to you know for, pray about it lord show me an area in my you know show me where i need to extend grace the way that you extended that giving people something they don't deserve right and then the forgiveness now ask the same question do you have unforgiveness in your heart Towards an individual, 
towards a church, towards a, a, a workmate or a, a neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And if, you know, and if we all sit there and just took a long moment of silence just to run, you know, through, there's gonna, there's something there. Oh yeah. And, if, and there's also, you know, you might even think you covered them all and then something will pop up, yeah. something from back in the day, something from, you don't even remember right now. Yeah. It'll come back through you. And it's not like I said, and it's not a checklist. Like you said, no. you're not just trying to check off boxes. You're really wanting God to like, if you're serious about it, if you're serious about God growing you and making you more like his son, that's going to come to the surface. You're going to let him know that, that that's something you struggle with and that's something you need his help with. Do you see what I'm saying? Then it's Mm -hmm. real. It's not just verbal. It's not just a checkbox. It's prayer. You know, you're asking like sometimes, sometimes we're just, we're not serious enough about it for God to do anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what I mean by that. We have an invitation every Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. How many churches have you all been to where you've not haven't had an invitation at the end of a Sunday service? Yeah, the first church that we went to when we got saved, I didn't. They didn't. We didn't go there that long. I think we only went there for like maybe four or five months, but not once. They they didn't do that there. I don't even know if they believed in baptism or I don't know what they did. We didn't stay there long enough to go through all that stuff. But I mean, they at least read the Bible. Yeah. And they they you know they tried to get everybody into study groups and, you know, they had some stuff going the right way, but there was that other part, you know, they kind of passively put it out there just saying, you know, if you need to, if you haven't let Jesus into your heart, now is the time. And that was kind of the end of it. They never actually asked you to come up or to, to do anything extra right. at that Well, point. what is the, I mean, besides the presentation of the gospel, which we will never fail to do, that is the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of the invitation? Why do we have an altar? To respond to God's... So, why are we not responding? If we're... And I'm saying... This is just... I'm just challenging you guys as men, as well as myself. That is just not for us to deal with us it's for us to deal with other people too yeah if we have invitation every sunday if i mean obviously i have no doubt at all that whatever our pastor preaches on sunday morning that is from god mm-hmm. that has been prayed about it has been he has been led to preach that text, that verse, it's Holy Spirit. That's a spiritual gift of being a preacher. So I'm not, I will never discount that, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. And if he's led to give an invitation, that means he's being led that, look, somebody needs to move. Right. Why would he do it? Right. Why is no one moving? A lot of it's fear. Exactly. A lot of people have the fear. My challenge to you guys tonight would be move. Because here's what can happen. Remember how I started tonight about me getting saved? No one moved. Right? God moved 
me. Sometimes it's visual. It's okay. It's okay to go down there and pray. It's okay to go down there and ask God to look. And it may not even be, it doesn't even have to be a struggle. Just go down there and, Lord, how can I be better at forgiving people? Go down there and, Lord, if there's anybody out here today that doesn't know you, I want to intercede on their behalf right here and now. You know what I mean? Did you know that most of the people that move in the Billy Graham crusade that come down the aisles are people who actually are working the crusade? And the reason they do that is so people see that and they know it's okay to get up. Yeah, they're not embarrassed anymore. Yeah. We were just, I, I can't, I think it was actually maybe on the last podcast or maybe it was in Bible study, but I, there was a study they recently did. They put, you, if you put a bunch of people in a room and have everybody do the wrong thing, the person who knows the right thing will still do the wrong thing. They had like 20 people sitting around a table and they were asking questions and everybody would answer the question out loud. And it was literally like, what color is the sky? Blue, 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 blue. What's two plus two? Four, 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 four. They do this for a round for a bunch of stuff. What the person who was the study subject didn't realize is they're the only one in the room who's the study subject. Everybody else is participating. Right. And at some point they come along and they're like, you know, does the sun go around the earth? Does the earth go around the sun? And every single person goes, the sun goes around the earth. The sun goes around the earth. The sun goes around the earth. And when it gets to the test subject, they're like, uh, the sun goes around the earth. Yes. Even though they know it's wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're, it's the exact opposite of that, though. It's the power that other people you what you can have right in somebody else you have no idea what they're thinking what's in their mind what they're doing but they see you move and that can help them they'll follow yeah. right so again this study was done kind of in the opposite of what we're talking about right but it works both ways yeah and i'm not saying do it just to do it right right i'm just i'm like i i look at it from a why are we here if we're gonna, if we want God to move in our church and we want God to do all these things for First Baptist Hawassi, right? The most important time on Sunday, the Lord's Day, the, the time to respond to Holy Spirit conviction, the preaching of the Word. Why are we not moving, Mark? Let me ask you this question: That I don't know, maybe some of our listeners may have, and even I've at one point said this is that can't I respond from my seat? Yes, absolutely. You can. So then that would be me moving even though I'm not physically moving. right? No, now. but I mean, I meant physically though. Yeah. Right. I meant, I meant physically, but yep. yes, absolutely. If God, if, if you're under conviction where you are, yeah, you can always absolutely 100% you can respond where you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I look at, I can I can put it to some other verses when it comes to, I mean, is our spiritual growth important like our salvation is? Is it important, right? Should be. You know, so look at Matthew. Whoever will confess me before men, I will confess before my father. Mm-hmm. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my father. Um, if we can do that before men, right, we're not ashamed, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when we're baptized, what are we saying? I'm not ashamed. Um, T. 
Timothy talks about um, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Yep. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of Christians who are nowadays. And all, all I, and when I say I challenge you, I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying that you're not. So like you said, I'm not saying that you're not responding. I'm saying that, I'm not saying that anybody's, that we're not doing that. But I, you have to look at everything that God does everything in order, right? Mm-hmm. So there's purpose and plan and everything that was done, right? Yep. The building we're in, I mean, was it not prayed about? to get to where we are it had to be it makes no sense right yeah well wherever when i mean i don't know how long this building's been here how long has it been here since the 80s from what i heard all right let's just huh i think so so let's just say 1980 let's let's call 85 whatever so whoever was here praying about it you know built our church with an altar for a purpose yeah right so i always think that you know what i mean so when I say that, I just say sometimes physically moving for God. Yeah. And I, I'll is, honestly say yeah. I've felt that sometimes where I'm like, just for whatever reason, I'm like, I should go. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I sit there and I'm like, and, and why? You gotta, you I don't gotta even know why, careful. but I should just go if I feel that. If, it's, if I'm feeling that call to just, hey, go up there and kneel and pray. Yeah. And even if you don't know what it's about. There's a reason God's talking to you right there. I tell you, you know, one of the best ways to do it, if, if like, if, if it, if you're, and I'm not, I'm not, so don't take it the wrong way. I'm not trying to say, well, you should go down there and physically move and go down there. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying visually, sometimes it can, it can spark. It can, the, 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 when, if somebody is stiff arming the Holy Spirit about moving, Mm-hmm. Which we've all done. Get up, get up, get up. I'm not getting up. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. When they see another somebody else, sometimes it can. That's what they need. It, it can happen. Yeah. And here's the easiest way to do it. I mean, if you want to just, if you want to just like, if it's not like personally like something that you want to go down there and deal with, sometimes you know, Kelly is a great example. She was, you know, she will grab my hand sometimes, and she will look at me and she'll say. Come pray with me. She will physically come down with me. We can do that as brothers in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. Derek, just get up and say, like, there's nothing, there's nothing on, like, nothing on my heart that I'm specifically going down there to pray for, but I'm going to go get Randy. Hey, Randy, come pray with me. Yeah. And just, and it could be, I'm not saying generic, but. You could, there's lots of things we can pray about. We can pray about whatever, but sometimes that visual or physically moving for the Lord could stem. I'm saying it could. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Because we just, like, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount right now um, in youth, and uh, in, in chapter 6, you know, Jesus keeps saying, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites. These are hypocrites back in that time was just actors. Right. They were putting on a fake front. They're actors is what they are. Yep. Right. That's what hypocrites means is you're acting. And so... You know, that's just the thing that, that I want us to make sure we're cautious of, that we're not doing it to put a show, right, to, to make us look like we're holier than thou. And, no, 100%. You know, like but if the, you're going to move, you you know, make sure you're But the difference would be we're not even doing dress rehearsal. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I would like to said I totally understand that. 
if we had if the whole you know like if we were all down there every Sunday morning right, doing right. the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Yep. But are we being hip, are we being hypocritical for not because we're all doing that? You know, yeah, I, I bet you there's. I, I know I'm not the only one who's sitting there when that happens who has that smite pull that's like you should go. Yeah, and then a bunch of but like. And then you just, it goes and you just let it go. I mean, and it's a lot of it's nerves too. It can be, if you've never, if it's not something that you've, I'm not saying make it habitual or habit, but you want to have the ability to respond. Yes. Yep. Right. You want to be able, if, if the Holy Spirit says go, you want to be able to respond. I mean, let's just like, uh, for instance, if God's telling you to go on a mission trip, how easy is it for you to respond? It's easy, right? It's easy. Yeah. Cause it's. You're prepared for it. Yeah. It doesn't scare you. You're not right. nervous about it. Right. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. Remember the first time you, I mean, who remembers the first, I mean, how many of y'all ever knocked on the door and shared the gospel with somebody? Mm-hmm. The first one is like. The first one was terrifying. Yes, absolutely. But then you do it for year after year after year after year. You just, you're just, it's, you're doing what God wants you to do. It's habitual. You know what I mean? You know, and I just, and the reason I brought that up is, like I said, I don't, I don't, dis, I don't ever want to discount God. I don't ever want to underestimate the power of God and what He can do, because, like I said, we started. He saved me, so He can do anything, mm-hmm. right? I don't ever want to underestimate that. So, I'm one of those. I, I'm expecting Him to move, right, in a service, especially, and because it. Sometimes when he, when it doesn't happen, I can get confused. I yeah. can get a little bit discouraged. I can walk out of here sometimes discouraged. Like, why didn't I move or why didn't I respond? But it doesn't make sense sometimes to me from, from A to A to Z, which is why would you why would why would God lay this message on our pastor's heart and to hear this message about whatever the topic or subject is. And why would we have an invitation to respond to that? And then nothing happens. Sometimes I, I think about that. You know what I mean? And it, it can, I think it can about, I think about why do we have a, why do we have a bad, why do we have a baptism? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's there for what purpose? To baptize, right? Right. You know what I mean? It ain't used for anything else. Right. <laughs> in in my in my tiny brain thinking, I mean, I want to see somebody in it every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no need to get the water out of it. Just keep it on, right? Mm-hmm. That's my tiny brain because people need the Lord. People need to be saved. It talks about just you got to look at the big, and I know we're running long. I'm sorry, y'all. You got to think big no, picture. You got to think big picture, which is why are we here? Why did why did God do what He did? Why did Jesus do what He did? Why? Because well, we needed it first. Exactly. Off. I mean, so the to the big picture, must. and if we're still here then he's not done with that yet. Mm-hmm. Correct? 100%. Right. 
Yep. I mean, if the last person that's going to get saved is going to get saved, if that would have happened already, we're raptured and we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Right? Mm-hmm. We still have work to do. There are still people who have not heard the gospel. There are still people that have not responded to the gospel. There are still people. My dad is not saved yet. Yep. Yet. That's Maybe that's why we're still here. Yep. Right? Big picture. You know what I mean? Big, you got to think big picture, you know? So I think big picture and narrow down it to why I'm where we are and what we're doing when it comes to, like you said, just responding to the message, just seeing people move, responding to God, responding to the Holy Spirit, going to, you know, praying all the things that we can do habitually that become easier to do, but people can see that people can move. Like you said, they'll follow mm-hmm. sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it happen. Nobody moved the night I got saved. Nobody. God had a, the, the Holy Spirit was strong enough looking, was able to move me. Stubborn Mark. You know what I mean? I'm, am I stubborn, Derek? Yes. Okay. <laughs> am I stubborn, Kelly? Yes. You know what I mean? Moved me to go down to the altar. To admit that I was lost, that I needed Jesus to get saved, right? And then like 20, it was, I don't know, it was 25 or 26 people got saved that night. That's just, a, that's how it works sometimes, you know what I mean? Yep. That's, you know what I mean? And you might not even, you might not even see it that time. You could go that Sunday and somebody sees you go, or they don't follow. Right. And then it could be a month later where they're like, I remember that time I saw Mark go up there, and I've been feeling it every Sunday, yeah. and now I go. So you don't even, you, you can't even put it into a quantitative effort from your own mindset. You're not supposed to anyway. Yeah. But yeah, you might go up there, and you might be the only one who went up there. And then you don't sit there and go, well, darn, it didn't work. You have no idea. Yeah. It could have worked exactly the way God needed it to work. Right. right? You just, you know, there's... as as it says, you know, his word never returns void. Right. Right. So any part of that, every sermon, if nothing happened right during it, you know, just talking about your, you know, you're feeling down about it. But at the same time, at the end, it's, I hope we get that full, true understanding because there are going to be some of those things where you'll get to see that, you know, the butterfly wing effect where you can see that one yeah. little tiny thing that you did at one point that you might not even have realized. Right. And the ripples that could have come from that. That's the type of stuff that you did that happens all the time. But if you're not moving, if you're not doing anything, if you're not showing it, that's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't create ripples unless you start throwing some stones. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and I don't want to and I don't want you all to think about like that, like like what Daniel brought up about, like, just do it to do it. But think about this. What's the what's the best way to pray? On your knees with your face to the ground. Mm-hmm. I can't do that in my pew. Nope. Where I'm sitting. I'm just saying, physically. There's another reason, you know what I mean? There's something about getting on your knees and kneeling that 
It's not. The, it's not it's, comfortable. It's, it's not one of your most vulnerable yes. positions, right? If you you know you're sitting down, you still can defend yourself a little bit, but on your knees, you're you're that is you are putting yourself yeah. in a very prostrate, very vulnerable, and again uncomfortable. Especially yeah. anyone over the age of what twenty five thirty, yeah. it becomes real uncomfortable to get on your knees. Yeah, and it's that's all part of it. I think there's a yeah. reason why it's they constantly fall to their knees and bow and put their yeah. head to the ground because yeah. you are basically saying. You know, I am completely defenseless right now. I am completely yes. shed of everything and right now. I also read a whole lot in this book about, it seems to me, God responds to that quite a bit in this book. Right? Mm-hmm. He responds to his people on their knees. Mm-hmm. So I think about that. You know, sometimes we wonder why we do what we do. I mean, a lot of it's, like, it's not about, like, we've, that if I'm not doing it that way, that God, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, uh, confessing Jesus to be Lord is a verbal and physical thing we had to do, right? Mm-hmm. Telling people about Jesus and walk that is a physical thing that we have to do for him right yeah yeah you know, love towards one another right. is something we have to physically and verbally right do you know right. i just know that in for some reason the last two or three weeks the, that verse keeps getting brought up here at First Baptist Hawassi, which if my people would humble themselves and pray, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll hear them. That's you know all I mean? he ever asked for. You know what I mean? I'm just, and, there, and that, the reason I brought that up, it wasn't saying because we're not. I'm just saying those are things I think about when it comes to grace and forgiveness. Are we holding back? Are we not, is that something we're not doing? And are we not doing it because, you know, because of that, we could be that one thing. It could be, I'm, I'm, I'm not going up there. I'm not going to go to the altar. I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to let you have this. I'm not going to let you, I'm just saying it could be re, rebellious things, all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it makes no sense. I'm just saying to me it makes, it's, it troubles me spiritually sometimes when I hear a message that really is like from God and nothing happens. Does that make sense? I don't know if, if I'm, if I'm the only one, you know, and it's not like we don't walk out and say, dude, that was a great message, brother Roger. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm just saying sometimes it's good to go up there and tell God that's a great message. Right. Sometimes it's okay to, I mean, think of all the, I mean, I know we got talking about prayer, but just think of all the things in Scripture about when we pray, when you pray in this manner, you know, and the the way that we're supposed to and what we're supposed to pray for and all this. What a better place than there to do it, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I mean, I want, I want God to be evident in my life more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to be, and I'm not perfect. I don't do it right all the time. You know what I mean? 
But I don't want to be just going, like you, Daniel said, I don't want to just be going through the motions over and over and over and over and not, I'm not growing spiritually. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not being challenged in my faith. I'm not being challenged in my, in my walk. I'm not being challenged in my prayer life. I'm not, for, forgiveness, grace, like we talked about. There's just, sometimes it starts with us. You know what I mean? And that's why, I, brought, I mean, that wasn't my intention, but I just, that's why the Lord just said, you know, challenge these guys here tonight. Like, there's a reason it came to you. Mo- oh, yeah. Mo- move. The things that we do sometimes and the problems that we go through, a lot of times it's for other people. Yeah. Like you said, going up to the altar, it might be for somebody else. Not even for us. Yep. It could be for somebody else. Sometimes we forget that as I mean, well. Some people may not even know that's what it is. Right. It, it, re- they may, it just really may be the stairs to the piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I didn't, you know, we had this discussion a while back at the cabinet shop was like, we grew, I grew up in church, right? We grew up in Baptist. We had stairs up to the altar, but I had no idea what they were. You know, I thought there were stairs to the piano, right? Yeah. Or the choir because we didn't go to the altar and pray. Yeah. The other church I, you know, went to after that, we didn't have an altar. We met in a garage, right? Or we melted in the, in the commercial building. Like, we didn't see any of that going to the altar and praying. Yeah. So I know I had that discussion with Mark, and he's probably looking it up right now, but on why we do the things that we do, and why do we go to the altar? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't know it. Yeah, to be honest with you. I mean. But yeah, he's, but he's 100% right, Mark. I mean, you're 100% right with it. That there is a more powerful place to pray. I don't right. know it. Yeah. I don't know it. Right at the end of a sermon of a gathering of Christians, <laughs> you, you know, where is God going to be closer? Where is God going to be more present? It's probably not me I mean, laying, he's everywhere, me but laying still. in bed going, praying before I go to bed and be like, yeah, man, what did I pray about last night? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're right. And it, it's, but it's also those, those little acts, as you were saying, you, you know, they, they'll have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. They'll have an effect on your family. They'll have an effect on other people in the church. Right. And, and again, it's those, that ripple effect that you won't even you know you have to take your mind and your eye off of the okay if i do this then this is going to happen it's more of a just do you feel that's the will of god is did god call you to do it then it doesn't matter right do it do it just do it yeah and i'm definitely trying a lot harder with that too because i I get those little calls all the time i get those little messages all the time and and I'm, it's too easy, especially coming from where I did, to just second guess it or to, to say, well, is that really from God? And But there's an easy test for it. Is, is Does it glorify me or is it going to glorify the, glorify the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And that's that you can split almost everything down that real quick. Am I doing this for me to make me better or to, am I doing this for almost, you want to say, no reason for yourself? Right, because then it's mm-hmm. truly for the Lord. If it has no benefit to you to do it, then I don't see how it's not something that's going to help God. Yeah, I get them too. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Yep. <laughs> to be honest with you, the the I, would, yeah. I don't I'll have to find it, but the it's either an Ezra or Nehemiah, uh, and. Uh, I have to find it, but you're talking about like uh, some of the, why do we do the things we do mm-hmm. sometimes? Right. And it, a lot of it's in the Old Testament, but yeah, 
I'll have to, I don't want to misspeak, but it, you know, there's a verses in here in either Ezra or Nehemiah talking about, you know, standing on the platform <laughs> above all the people, mm-hmm. you know, and opening up the, the scrolls and, and, you know, you see <laughs> the way that we do church in the Old Testament, you know, reading the Word of God, you know, on a raised platform behind a pulpit type atmosphere. Um, I don't know exactly where it is. I'll have to, you can probably find it and text it to me later, but it's, it's in Ezra and Nehemiah. Sometimes, you know, I remember just like, you know, just through 19 years, it's crazy, it's been 19 years, but like things in here that I'd heard. And then, you know, just after salvation, you see him again and I'm, you know, blown away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of it's minimal and like even childish or like silly or whatever. But to me, it's like eye opening. Does that, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, like uh, the parting of the, the Red Sea. That always intrigued me as a kid, you know, and you have this idea. We get these pictures of what it, what happened, you know, or it's maybe a movie or it may be a word picture or a magazine, or you have this visual of it, correct? I mean, there are no, yep. there are no pictures in here. Sometimes we paint our own, right? Yep. Or we're looking at another picture that somebody else painted. I was like 30. I mean, I'd been saved for several years and read through that. And I'm just come running into the and telling Kelly, and I'm like, dry ground. Yeah. Yep. She's like, what? I'm like, dry. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, (laughs) because it doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm thinking like, if I just, you know, if I cut the swimming pool in half, it's all wet and muddy and soppy. You know what I mean? But that's the yeah. And there's there's not a single word in here that doesn't belong in here. Right, and, right. And I there's one of the one of the uh, preachers I listen to. He can constantly says that you know if it's strange, it's actually probably important. And like you know, saying that why would you include walking on dry ground, right? You know that didn't have to be there. Right. But like you're saying that at, to that right person at that right time, and I've heard other people mention that too. That when they realize that that it's not just that. Oh, the seas roll back, or as some people try to claim, oh, the, it was a drought and the tides were low, and it was blah, blah, and the, at that time, the water went back. And it's like, the ground wouldn't have been dry. Ever, yeah. The ground wouldn't have, and I liked Roger's response to that, too. And they said, oh, it was, it was just like ankle deep. He goes, well, that's even better. And they're like, what? He goes, well, how do you drown in Pharaoh's entire army in ankle deep water? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, right. okay, yeah. Right. Do you have any more of those? Yeah, you, it's about time for a quote to, uh, to to finish us off. I think we're hitting about the two-hour mark here. I've got two to finish off. I was waiting, so if you guys are ready, I'll go for it. I think we're ready. You Roll have one? Yeah, I got one. You want to give one of yours, and then okay. I'll give mine. Right, I don't want to take your final. Okay. I, I've got two. I'll do one, and he'll do one, <laughs> then I'll finish. Okay. Only God can turn a message in, or a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into triumph, and a victim into victory. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. <laughs> Go ahead. The goal is to develop spiritual stamina so when a problem occurs, I don't react out of emotion, but out of wisdom. 
That's exactly what you were talking about. That's great. And let me and I'm gonna let me give you let me have a minute of commentary on that. Read that again. There's some very important words in that that'll open your eyes. The goal is to develop spiritual stamina so when a problem occurs, I don't react out of emotion but out of wisdom. All right. So the first thing that pops out at me right there is stamina. The Bible uses the word steadfast. Which is an extreme stamina. The word steadfast means not movable. Mm-hmm. When Paul talks about we need to be steadfast in who we are, I think so. When you hear that, like stamina, like, and he talks about endurance a lot too. Yes, he does. Uh, he talks about when he talks about when he's in trials and tribulations that I severed in uh, what, wherever he was. He goes out of uh, out of them all. I endured. The Lord delivered me. Mm-hmm. He talks about, I didn't try to get out of Merle. I went through them from start to finish. He endured them. You know, so that stands out to me. The other thing that stands out in that verse, emotion. That's the heart <laughs> is wicked. The here's heart the, is here's wicked. The, That's right. Uh, I'm trying not to get any eye rolls on this. You hear a lot, people, a lot about emotional experiences, right? You can get emotional eating a pizza. It's true. Okay. Salvation is not emotional. It's not a feeling. It's not a, you know, so I think about that. And then there was one more in there. The endurance, stamina, emotion. Wisdom. Yeah, wis- wisdom. 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 <laughs> Where does wisdom come from? Where does the Bible say it comes from? God. Only God. You know, wisdom and knowledge are two completely different things. Yep. Right? But yeah, wisdom. And now read the quote again one more time. One more time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. The goal is to develop spiritual stamina so when a problem occurs, I don't react out of emotion but out of wisdom. Yeah, that just goes to, Daniel, help me on this. It says that we need to be quick to, and slow to wrath, or what is it? I know which one you're talking about. It's slow to anger. Um, That's exactly what that is saying right there, you know, which is, we don't knee jerk it. We don't knee jerk. That's that's what it, emotions can make you knee jerk. Emotions can make you say something you shouldn't want to say, do something you shouldn't do, you know, make you eat something you shouldn't eat, jump over something you shouldn't jump over. That's emotional. You know what I mean? That's James James one nineteen says that uh, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. There you go. Slow to speak yeah. and slow to anger. Perfect. That's it. That's exactly what that's saying. You know, and wisdom is. That's from God, you know, which means I'm going to sit back, look at it. <laughs> yep. Wisdom's you know, I'm being not slow. Gonna, I'm not going to get emotionally attached mm-hmm. towards just me making the right or wrong decisions. Yep. Let the Holy Spirit tell me what to do. Yep. I and think then, even the most yeah. devout Christian is going to have that flesh feeling reaction oh, first yeah. yes. every time yes that's the first thing you feel is going to be you know that sin coming right in yeah like, i don't do wanna <laughs> i don't wanna well i'm gonna i'm 
I'm going to show him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could do this all night, boys, just so you know. <laughs> That's all good. We can too, usually. But yeah. I don't know if I can follow that up now. But now we touched on this a few times, so I'm just going to wrap all this up with this. It says, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your pro- procrastination. Hmm. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> that's the whole don't let that sun go down on your anger. You don't know if you're going to wake back up. That's right. That's right. right? That's if right. you don't take this moment right now to forgive, to offer that grace, to offer that mercy, and, and to accept it too. Because that's, I mean, we didn't even get a chance to go too deep into that. But we also have to be able to accept to be forgiven for where we've made huge mistakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Gra- a whole other podcast, grace, I think. <laughs> reminder, <laughs> reminder that grace is a free gift, mm-hmm. but we still have to receive it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. It's the age-old discussion of who wants $20? Well, everybody wants it. Who's going to come get it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's that's two completely different things, you know. Um, and the Lord has to move us. Mm-hmm. That's Rem- true. Remember that. Remember as a, as the spiritual leader of your house, as the, the man, the spiritual leader of your house that, you know, Holy Spirit conviction, you know, you want it, you want that, you want it to be from God. It has to come from God for you to move the direction that he wants you to move, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes looking, we're going to, you're going to do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? You're going to move the wrong way. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to, that's just because we are, we are not done. But if we can practice grace, practice forgiveness habitually to where it's something that we are trying to you know obviously you have to say lord you have to either determine that i've got it all figured out i don't need any help with this or all right lord this is an area that i want you to mold me make help show me how to do it the way that you would do it and if you're serious about that then i promise you (laughs) guess what's going to happen tomorrow you know what i mean (laughs) he's going to say he's going to (laughs) say here you go show me how you do it show me what you say good stuff good stuff um well mark do you mind closing us in prayer this evening gotta get your hats off underneath our headphones Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks so much uh, for just uh, letting us be here tonight. Lord, thank you for these uh, men just to take time out of their day uh, to do this, Lord. And uh, thank you that that they allowed me to be a part of it tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power it holds. Lord, I'm thankful that it literally is more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. Mm-hmm. Lord, it, um, it is our final authority. It's perfect. It contains no error. So, Lord, just um, use it to speak to us, 
daily. Lord, uh, it says that um, it's there for instruction. Lord, it is there for reproof. Mm-hmm. Lord, it is there for correction. Lord, that, um, that we can be wrong in our thinking. Lord, we can be wrong in the way we speak, the way that we hear, the way that we react. Lord, so correct us on that. Let us hear the way that you want us to hear. Let us speak to people the way that you, you would speak to people. Let us forgive one another the way that you forgave us. Lord, you, you said in your word that we can do that because of you and what you've done. Lord, let us respond to the Holy Spirit more each day. Uh, Lord, just help us be less distracted on our own agendas. Let us be less distracted on uh, things that we want to do and we'd like to do, Lord, and just let us respond a little bit more each day to what you would have us do. You are perfect. You are holy. And we just praise you. We love you, Lord. We want you to be lifted up in all that we do in this place here tonight, Lord, in our lives, in our marriages, in our work, in our, Lord, everything we do. Your word says, Lord, do everything as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And as silly as that may sound, Lord, everything that we do, we can do better because of you. And we would ask that you would help us do that, Lord. I thank you for these men once again for taking time out to do this. Uh, Lord, I pray you would bless the the um, spiritual deep briefing podcast. Lord, you would continue to bless this ministry. Lord, that it would um, find its way into the ears of who needs to hear it. Lord, and, and you would do a work in that, Lord. And Lord, we don't even have to see those results. Lord, you can show us those in heaven. Lord, we just love you so much. We're so thankful for what you did and what you're going to do. I uh, just pray that you would take all these guys home safe tonight, Lord, and and um, we just thank you so much for what you did. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for listening to Spiritual Debriefing a podcast supported by First Baptist Church Hawassi. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes, as well as check out our past episodes. We'll be posting new podcasts every other Thursday. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, comments, or feedback on the podcast, please contact us through our social media, or email us at dmeadows at fbchawassi.com. Thank you, and we hope God blesses your day.